another installment of the groundbreaking show, The Powder Room. It's a movie review podcast where we take a movie and we go through it and we give it the feminine gaze. Mm. It's amazing. We're incredibly rich women. We live at the Plaza Hotel. This is recorded in the penthouse powder room. Absolutely. No other place. (laughs) And this week we are doing Mother! Exclamation point. Written and directed by Darren Aronofsky Mm -hmm. and starring Jennifer Lawrence. And a few others. There's there's some (laughs) other people involved. We will talk about them when we get to them. What is your history with this film, Juliet? Tell us. That is a fabulous question. This film came out in 2017, I believe. Right. So I had just moved to New York at that point. And I remember Movie Pass was a thing. And so my friends and I, we were seeing every single film that was coming out that year because we're like, oh my God, we can see all the films that are going to be nominated or whatever. And who knew Movie Pass was going to become? I think those guys are going to go to jail. <laughs> I, you know, I, just, I, wish they, I wish we could put them on a pedestal because honestly, they were doing God's work. I, just, I feel like I just saw a news article about the. They're trying to bring it back. They're trying to bring it back. Okay. I actually got on the wait list to join the new app oh, God. when it launches. Okay. First of all, their business model was not really a business model. My, I remember when I told my dad about Movie Pass, because again, I, I had just moved to New York and it was like, what are you doing? And stuff like that. And it was like, oh my God, I was seeing a movie a few times a week. And mm-hmm. my parents were like, how are you affording this? Because I was broke. And I was like, this thing called Movie Pass? And my dad was like, what's the business? And I explained it. And he was like, that, how are they making money? And, and it was, turns out they were. They <laughs> <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, dad, he they must be making money off of advertisements, I, local restaurants, because it's like, if you're not spending a crap ton of money on like the actual movie ticket, you're going to spend more either in concessions or like elsewhere around the theater. I think they were hoping it was going to become like the gym membership we all have, but don't use. But everybody was like, <laughs> going to the gym and watching a movie are two separate things. And I love going to the movies, so we're going to get our money's worth, and boy, did they. (laughs) Wow. First of all, the most glorious year, year and a half, I want to say. I think I only personally had Movie Pass for like less than a year, and then it went under. Yeah. I feel like the last movie I saw with Movie Pass was, what's that film with John Krasinski? A Quiet Place. Okay. That was the last one I saw. Oh. So I completely interrupted you, but you saw Mother, exclamation point, on Movie Pass. With Movie Pass. And... For me, it was like, okay, I saw it for five bucks. If right. I, it's not like today where I would never pay, I would never pay to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being in the theater wanting it to end and <laughs> being like, what am I? Because I thought it was supposed to be like a scary film or like whatever. And, it, and I think it tries to be, but it fails miserably yeah. at that. Um, but yeah, that's the history. I just remember walking out of the theater, my friends and I, we all just stared at each other and we're like, well, let's go get a drink. Yes. Yeah, you, you need a drink after this. What about you? Uh, Did you see it in theaters? No, thank God. <laughs> uh, not, not to spoil our review, which we seem to do every single episode. I just remember the, again, with these films we watch, it feels like there's so much drama off screen. That, you know, J-Law and Darren were dating, and then they... Oh my God, I completely forgot about this Yeah, and I don't really feel like that type of stuff is necessary, but then you can't get away from it, you know? Yeah. 
this film has so much there. So they were dating and then they broke up and J-Law, of course, is very vocal about everything. And she, I think, told Adam Sandler on a a show that her and Darren was obsessed with this film and it's all he wanted to talk about. There was, I think, an interview with Jennifer Lawrence where she said that there was rehearsal for weeks in preparation for filming where the actors, they all went to the warehouse. I think it was in Brooklyn or somewhere in New York and they just rehearsed and stuff. And she was like, I think people thought that we were crazy and we probably do on the outside, but we really felt like we were going somewhere with this. And I'm like, what? I don't see how, but okay. We will, first of all, we will get into the acting (laughs) performance. But I just, I was like, wow, everyone's really on their high horse with this film. Yes. Yes. That, clearly comes through. This so, is no The Fountain. No. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a- <laughs> okay, so Mother, our first shot is of Jennifer Lawrence, and she is burning up. She's on fire. She's being burned at the stake as that, a witch. It doesn't, even, uh, it doesn't even look like her. It doesn't. Do you think, actually, now that we know the it, twist at the end, do you think it was her? No. No. I think it's a different person each time. Okay, that actually... Wow, that's so funny you say that. It doesn't make the film any better looking back and going, oh, it probably wasn't her. But I specifically remember, I think that's her, but it's hard. It's still just a white girl, you know? I mean, it's not like, it's not obviously not her. We then, we get our text on screen. I don't know if you can count this as text on screen, though, because it is just the title of the movie. But the exclamation point is given a sound effect in its own special lighting. It says mother with the exclamation point are we trying to be sinister with this i wasn't quite sure (laughs) i don't know i just think the title is weird (laughs) you know what else is weird the poster for this movie the icon the icon the poster is weird because i remember back in 2017 thinking god because it's it looks very heavenly and she's like staring off into nowhere it looks like she went to kmart (laughs) and got professional photography done but then chose the pictures that where she's just not staring at the camera just staring off so they're using that same poster as the icon when you find it online which is what i did and that's bizarre too i just thought it did no service to the film i'm like i I don't think that poster reflects what the film is. Uh, at all. Uh, a it's diamond. It's crazy that you mentioned that because <laughs> once in a while, is that when I was rewatching it, I, I thought about the poster and I was like, yeah. God, what a weird poster. <laughs> She's Jennifer Lawrence is a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous person. And she is a big star. So I'm sure a lot of people are that are her fans went to go see this movie. And I'm sure a lot of people that are Aronofsky fans went to go see this movie sight unseen. Just Aronofsky has a new film. You go to see it. So there was a built in audience. So I can see why some people might have invested in it and and wanted to jump on this. They didn't read the script. (laughs) (laughs) They just did it. That's okay. So a diamond. A very strange-looking diamond is placed in its pedestal, its holder, right? Yep. And this burnt-down house is whoosh, and it's a brand-new house again. And Jennifer Lawrence wakes up in bed in a beautiful white sheer nightgown, and we have a six-hour scene of her walking around the house searching for babe, because she wakes up and says, babe, right, or baby, yeah, it, and one of the two. We walk around the set. We get to see the whole set right off the bat. It's a house that it has, from what the 
everything's from the 50s, 40s. The washing machine looks like it was the first one ever made. (laughs) (laughs) And this felt so fake to me. And I I like Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's a great actress. Oh, acting-wise? Yeah, I just felt like this was Jennifer Lawrence walking around a house while her boyfriend, walking around the set of this house while her boyfriend filmed her. She just, it was, did it? I was like, this is weird. I, again... I had the exact same thoughts. As I was watching these first five to six minutes, I thought, oh my God, can we speed it up? That's not an exaggeration. Six to to seven solid minutes. Because I watched it online. (laughs) (laughs) Did you steal this movie? Did you steal? (laughs) Careful, they're going to just bust in here. trying to make a podcast sir please she forced me to i'm so scared she steals everything i'm like so so no here's a true story i watched this this is the i found it on my fire stick and it said oh Oh, okay (laughs) she you can watch this movie for free with with Freever or Fiverr, there's some new Amazon. It's on that. And this is how long the opening scene was. I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, it cuts to a commercial. <laughs> She's walking around the house, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, does your period <laughs> cause you to get, you know, try this? Nubia, ring. It does not protect against HIV, you know, this and that. And then I was like, oh my God. So I did see this movie in a way that you are not supposed to see it, where it <laughs> cuts off and breaks out into like, and I swear to God, every commercial break, it was about this birth control that they really wanted to make sure you knew didn't protect you against <laughs> HIV or other STDs. And so there was that. I think it added to the film, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh my god. No, so she's wandering around the house, it cuts to that commercial, and she's wandering again. And can I just say the scene with her and her husband? It was as if I thought I was watching a student film. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, oh I struggled. So I'm gonna a little And the dialogue was so horrible. Oh man. It was so elementary. A student thesis. Mm-hmm. And just really beautifully and shot. Incredible, like a rich kid's student yes. thesis. Because there was money put into this. It there was looked money. beautiful. And I'm, no one can say Darren doesn't know how to use a camera. That's not it's the problem gross. with this film. It almost looks like the way it's shot, it, you're like, oh, it doesn't cut. Yeah, but it does cut, but it's very seamless. It's, it is a beautiful film. Yeah. Everything is done professionally by a professional that's made amazing films. It's just bizarre. But when I was in college, I was in an acting program, mm-hmm. getting to know me, getting to know, getting, getting to know, to know Yvette. Yvette. <laughs> and we had to, to do this group project, and we are all entitled, young kids that didn't grow up in a war-torn country. You know, we have no idea what to say. And I can't even remember the project, but I remember very specifically one of us was like, oh, we should get jugs of water and put red dye in it. And then we can pour the water through this wall and it'll look like the wall is bleeding. And we were all like, okay, (laughs) like, (laughs) all right, let's just do it. Just because, you know, you're 20 years old and you have have a very charmed life. You put things in that you were like, that's so deep. But why is it deep? I don't know. Just let's get some red food coloring. <laughs> let's go. Just add symbolism upon symbolism upon symbolism. And yeah. just stack it on top to the point where it doesn't even make sense. 
<laughs> so she's uh, she's painting a wall. She's picking out paint colors and she feels the wall and we see the house has a heartbeat and the house is telling her, I want to be painted piss yellow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so I, you know when babies don't eat enough, but they still throw up and it's that yellow? Oh my God. Paint me that. And she's like, don't worry, house. I got you. She mixes in some more yellow paint. Javier Bardem. Oh, God. This was painful. This is a man. You look at this man. Okay, look. He is, first of all, he is a man he is of a men. fucking man. Gosh dude. darn it. I, you look at him, and he's just kind of standing there, and my first You're thought like, is... You're like, he's Adam. This, <laughs> this, this man knows how to bring a woman to, to not just knees. one, but two, but three orgasms. Yeah. <laughs> like, he... You, which makes their sex... I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but it makes the sex scene later. Even yeah. sex scene. You know uh, what I mean? We'll get, we'll, Javier Bardem is so attractive and also talented. God, he's talented. He is. Why did he pick this film to be in? Why? I don't know. I can understand if it, would, it was an interesting character, but just like not likable. But this character isn't even interesting. I bet you it's for the same reasons that everyone else picked this film. Aronofsky is such a great director and you really they put faith in him. bet you they get so much crap every day that it's like, at least this is a competent director. I mean, that's my thought. Yeah. Okay. Ed Harris shows up. I love Ed Harris. I do, too. His face is so expressive. Ed Harris says something to Javier when Jennifer Lawrence is out of the room, and he goes, oh, I thought that was your daughter, (laughs) but I guess it's your wife. And I was like, yeah, there is such a huge age discrepancy. Did that work for you? kind of bumped me a little bit. I would have liked them to be a little closer in age. I like both actors. It has nothing to do with... I noticed that, too, because I had seen it before... I like knew. Okay. And I, I, I wasn't as thrown off by it, but I did catch it. Um, Turns out Ed Harris is stopping by because he heard this place was a bed and breakfast and uh, he wants to rent a room for the night or for a while, right? What a weird motherfucker. He's also coughing like he's got tuberculosis. He lights up a cigarette in the house. Super rude. Majorly. <laughs> uh, she's, she says something like, I'll go get your linens. And then she goes down into the attic. For how big this house is, very minor point, but you'd think she'd have a linen closet. But no, she's keeping the linens in the basement. But you know why the linens are in the basement? Because she, the script, needs her to be in the basement so that we can start this weird horror movie-esque thing. (laughs) It's supposed to be creepy. It's not. It's not. Uh, Javier shows Ed Harris that diamond. And he's like, this is super important. Don't touch it or break it. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, foreshadowing, <laughs> little foreshadowing there. He does tell us the story of this diamond. He says he found it in the rubble of his house. His house caught on fire and he lost everything. He found the diamond. And after he found the diamond, he met Jennifer Lawrence and she brings life. AKA cut to first scene of the film when the house is being right. rebuilt. So you're exactly. kind of like, okay. So, like we said, Ed Harris is dying of consumption or tuberculosis, and he's naked in the bathroom and throwing up. Jennifer keeps noticing the house has burn damage, but then it heals itself, right? I don't know if it's healing itself, but she's noticing it. She's noticing it, and she has a yellow potion. The yellow yellow. I have no idea. Can you explain to me what that is? I have no idea. Because I tried to figure it out until the very end when she throws it away, but I, I have no idea. 
I have no idea. But she used it in the paint. In the morning, Michelle Pfeiffer looking better than I do now. She is. I I mean, There were some moments where I was like, she even looks better than Jennifer Lawrence. First of all, like, I'm a... Get your surgeries, girl, that you want to get. As long as your children are healthy and happy and eating and you want to spend some money on surgeries, get it done. But she looks like she has had appropriate surgeries, but to make her look her best self. She's not trying to look like a 20-year-old. Like, obviously, she's had her eyes done and her neck done because, you know, we are... Real people, we age. She's, she's on but, screen, but she doesn't look plasticky. No. She's she's uh, things move. Yes, thing. Yeah, that's oh, I love that. That's what I'm gonna say when I finally decide it's time to do some surgery. It's gonna be like I want it to still move, yeah. <laughs> but not by much. Exactly. <laughs> but she also just looks good yeah, look. because her and Ed Harris. I was like, oh. They fit as a couple. And honestly, they look really was, good. I, they did. Gosh, I was kind of like, darn it. I, I bet you they know exactly what they're doing. Oh, no. They do. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. They tell a story about kids and they've got two sons. And I did not see this coming until it happened. And I was like, oh my God. I but I didn't see. So that's actually a good thing about it. I didn't, the prep work for the two sons showing up. I didn't catch on to, but they have two sons. But Michelle Pfeiffer is so fucking rude. Like, you don't go into somebody's house and start questioning the wife about her fertility. Yeah. And she's like, you need to have kids. She's drinking lemonade with that's spiked to no end. There's more alcohol than water in this and, lemonade. And obviously, when she spikes the lemonade, she knew that Jennifer Lawrence's character didn't want to drink because the evening before or whatever, Ed Harris was like, do you want some? And she was like, no. Right. And so I'm just like, how rude. First of all, what if she couldn't have it? I know. Uh, this is... Uh. And then later when Jennifer Lawrence was like, you need to get out of my house. And she opens the door and, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's in this very sexy, sexy lingerie. Looking phenomenal. Looking fine. <laughs> and she's like... Yeah, you know what? I need to attend to my husband. We're not leaving. And I'm like, who do you think you are? This is not your house. This is not a bed and breakfast. And I wanted to like, like just shake her through the screen. Mm -hmm. I was so frustrated. Pfeiffer and Ed Harris sneak upstairs and break the fucking diamond. (laughs) They just sneak upstairs. We hear a crash. It's the diamond. It's broken. It gets weird. Javier is boarding up his office now um, because he's this poet that's having writer's block and that's where he works and the diamond is now broken. The son, one son shows up and he's like, where's my mom and dad? Uh, My brother found out about the will. And then I'm like, oh my God. Because we all know Aronofsky has a thing about Christian religious imagery, you know, and metaphors. Uh, I shouldn't even say just Christian. Jewish Christian, because he did Noah. Wait, he did Noah? Yeah. I thought that was Christopher Nolan. I'm, oh God, should we do a quick check? I'm so sure he did Noah. Noah with, what was that? With my baby, my gladiator um, movie. Noah, yeah, Daranofsky did Noah. Oh my God, he did Noah. Yeah, which also was awful. Um, it was so awful. So he's, he's into <sighs> this, and I was like, is this going to be a Cain and Abel thing? And sure enough, it was. It was very cookie cutter. I will say the fighting was the fight coordinator that came on and had them moving. I will say the fighting was the fight coordinator that came on and had them moving. There was a lot of movement. They're going into different rooms. People are tackling. The camera choreography 
and stunt work and just standard choreography with the people in the house throughout the film, mm-hmm. top notch. And that alone deserves some recognition because that's quite a feat. There's an issue with the will. Kane feels like he's being left out of the will, and Abel is just the little podcast bitch names that gets really just. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and then even after, so, so Kane, of course, kills Abel, and they they're never given those names. I just know that's what's going yes. on because it's it's the first murder in the Bible. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of the more cohesive Old Testament stories, so we all know about it. Yep, and I don't know. Uh, it just Javier. It just has. He's already like part of the family. Yeah. And he's like, let's talk this out. And he's trying to step in. And I'm like, dude, this has nothing to do with you. Everyone needs to get out of this house. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Javier and is holding the uh, Abel, who's dead, but they're going to take him. Obviously, they're going to take him to the hospital. And everyone leaves. And oh, and of course, Abe, uh, K- Kane has already raced out the door because yeah. he d- has just killed his brother. And they and, and Javier's like, just lock up the house. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so weird. Like, I would want to go with them. I wouldn't want to stay at the house. Yeah, it, everyone was just so bizarre in this film. And you actually just start to think, Jennifer Lawrence's character is the only one that's normal. <laughs> that, and that's saying something. It gets a little horror movie-esque because she goes upstairs to clean yes. up this blood. She comes back downstairs and she sees the window has been broken and someone has used the broken window to reach in and open the door to enter the house. And it's a really great shot because all of a sudden, Kane is right there. And I think she wisely grabs the phone to call 911. And Kane basically goes, I just forgot my wallet. (laughs) And I guess during the fight, did you see during the fight him drop his wallet? I would have liked a little setup, whatever. But he picks up his wallet and like kind of gives her like, wink. And he's like, got my wallet, thanks. You know, like, as if that was his big concern. And he leaves. And I was like, what a weird, like, yeah, it's this is so it's bizarre. A, it's definitely whorehouse-esque. Yeah. Javier comes back. And I would assume that the family of Pfeiffer and Ed Harris are at the hospital tending to their dead son and all that stuff. But really, about a minute later, they come back to the house for the funeral festivities the funeral party mm-hmm. um they're all wearing black and people are arriving everyone's smoking they're dropping shit they're sneaking off to rooms to make love for a young man's funeral like look grandpa who's 99.9 years old you want to have a little fun at his funeral that was a life well <laughs> well lived but you a tragic loss <laughs> of, of a young man of a young man murdered by <laughs> at the hand of his brother this funeral is popping it's really popping and you know what annoyed <laughs> me was people just being acting as if this house now this is all obviously a metaphor and symbolism but People treating this house like complete shit and like yeah. it was their house. What really bothered me was, now I don't know, you, did you ever watch Shit's Creek? I did. I love that show. Did you notice that uh, Stevie was in this? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. That is she, so... She's in this and she plays uh, this woman who's like sitting on the sink and Jennifer Lawrence's character is like, can you not sit on the sink because we don't have it? I even made note of that, and I didn't realize that was Stevie. Mm-hmm. She keeps wanting, yeah, it's finally, um, I don't know, th- they finally leave, and her and Javier have this very, again, obviously written 
by a man and directed by a man's sex scene where... It wasn't really a sex scene. It was kind of a rapey scene. But then she enjoyed it, right? Well, because he's giving her this hickey. He's got his head on, you know, buried in her neck. And she does the um, male fantasy of, you know... Oh my gosh, forget it. I'm now enjoying this. Closes her eyes. And this is where, you know, earlier I made mention of it. Javier. Javier. He's married to Penelope Cruz, right? The most attractive. Just just the most attractive couple. You think he would take, he'd be like, hey, hey, Darren, can, um, let's just go talk over here. Let's take a five. Everybody just take a five. Check your phones. We'll be back. And he's like, Darren, look. What kind of love scenes do you have in your life? I know how to please a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need you to tell me. (laughs) My name is Javier Bardem. (laughs) And I know how to please a woman. And me kind of attacking her and then having, you know, pulling her up on me and then giving her a hickey isn't going to do it. Almost like it's not sexy walking up the stairs. (laughs) And yet Jennifer was making noises that would imply pleasure. And I'm like, how is that? It's it looks so uncomfortable, first of all, and it, not sexy. It was not sexy. It was a very toxic. Yep. It, it again, you know, if if someone says no, then it's a no. She was really fighting hard too. Yeah, she was really hard it fighting wasn't hard. Like, and it could have been so much better. It again, I don't see how there's no way. Again, I was like, this is not a sex scene. Or if it is, it's one from 1950 because. I, Instantly, because he starts kissing her neck, she rolls her eyes into the back of her head and just goes, oh my gosh, this Take is it. Me. Take me now. Forget everything. <laughs> they wake up in the morning and she tells him she's pregnant. I don't care. <laughs> she uh, throws out her yellow care. potion dust. Uh, well, oh, do you think the potion dust was like... Birth control? Bo- oh, Yeah. Because every time she takes it, she's kind of like got a little like tummy ache or something, or something's annoying her. Yeah. I don't know. She, yeah, it could have been birth control. I don't know. What, um, she's getting ready for the baby. She's nesting. Javier decides from now on he's not going to wear clothes, and he's writing his poems in his book. The way sometimes, I, I have to say, again, this is when the acting, you know, critical here, but there are some moments where I'm like, yeah, this is a student film. Like just yes. hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep a camera on Jennifer Lawrence. Jen, what I need from you is I just need you to give five different really lovingly gl- glances over at your in your husband's direction. All right, we just need you to look like you really love him, right? <laughs> yes. Um, do it five different ways. So each time we cut to you, there's a slightly different expression on your face, and the audience has no idea what is really going on here. Um, and I just thought it was childish. I kind of feel like Aronofsky wanted this to be some very big, powerful, allegorical film. But really, it was just a cautionary tale about how introverts should not marry extroverts. <laughs> you know? Uh, and it, it brings up a really good point. Before you move in with someone and take that next step, you should really have some conversations about if your mother gets sick. Does, is she going to live with us? Uh, if a friend needs help, are they allowed to stay on our couch? You know, I want to be there for the people that I care about, but I also know my own limits and my boundaries. And I would do anything. I would get a second job for my my mother. You know, I would I would do right. anything. I would wait tables. I would just to have an extra extra amount of money to help her 
live in a home or, but I, I could not have someone in my space. And I, I, it's such a stupid thing, but that's really all I could, every time I was, I was like, you shouldn't have married an extrovert, J-Law. Like, <laughs> okay. You know, it's funny that you, it, it's okay. So I never thought of it that way. The film, <laughs> but you bring up a fantastic point because yeah, it could be seen as that way. Like, yeah, you know, don't marry. Opposites sometimes don't attract. Right. And, you know, especially when it comes to your home, uh, a lot of very real life marriages have, have broken up because this one person believes that, you know, uh, their parents should move in with them at a certain age. And the other party is like, uh, no, I, I don't want that or anything like that. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem with somebody out of town sleeping on our couch for one night, but I mean, that one night is one night. One night and I am making that exception for, for this, for this one. person, the, just this one time. And then I need like six months to recover. Now, it is funny that you had this perception because I, even like the first time I saw it, I was a, I picked up on different things. And so for me, it was pretty clear that this film, I don't know, the symbolism was about nature and like mother nature. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. All right, mother nature. So basically Jennifer Lawrence plays mother nature, right? Yeah. Because mother nature is so kind to us. She never throws hurricanes no. or... <laughs> but did you notice when she was giving Lava. birth, um, contractions were like the earthquake feeling? The shaking? Oh I don't want to tell you what happened. I had to start fast forwarding. <laughs> I was like, we get it. No, no. Well, I, I, I will admit, I fast forwarded a shit ton. It was giving me a headache. Because it was too much. And it was not necessary. It was like a lot of circling and like her being shocked by things happening. And I was like, okay, we get it. Her house, is, nature is being destroyed. Humanity is like ruining civilization right like swan shows up (laughs) we're going to war right so it was it was not then we are taken out of reality at a certain point and it's like oh you realize oh he's making a commentary on humans (laughs) and not this is not a film about strangers breaking into a house anymore it is about humans destroying the planet at this thought because his fans the show house up. is the planet by yeah, the way okay his fans show up they they're getting crazier and crazier they're coming into the house and my thought was how amazing must this poetry be <laughs> like just no like do poets really get this like this isn't you know ancient you know uh, greece here where poets were the rock stars right. uh, i guess i couldn't see past i couldn't like it's an allegory you dumb idiot Yvette it's you're look at it symbolically but I couldn't help but go like man how good must his poetry yeah, be? yeah I, I definitely was like oh this is this is symbolism for like him being treated this way is like how we treat religion right it's how we treat God <laughs> it's a war zone <laughs> she gives birth it's a boy we sacrifice the baby right oh this was offensive this yes. this was offensive to me because we are now getting into this element where I'm like, I I didn't sign up to see Schindler's List here. I didn't sign up to see something where uh, a baby was going to get eaten alive. The neck was snapped and, and then it was eaten. The baby was crowd surfing. <laughs> yep. And, and first of all, Jennifer Lawrence did try. Yeah. As long as she could to keep that baby safe. 
He, the crowd kills the baby, so unnecessary. She becomes an X-Men, which is fitting since she is an X-Men. And the power, and the, she breaks the floor. She finds a lighter. I'm just like, at this point, just kind of fast-forwarding yes. it because it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. No. Um, thank God it's over. Please be over. Nope. Not over. Javier is carrying her. He doesn't have a spot on him from that big explosion. She sets the whole house on fire. He's fine. He's God. He's, well, he's, yeah, he's just the man, you know, so he's fine. And he lays her down. He pushes open her stomach. There's a new diamond that he has. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everybody at the, pen, at the penthouse room, uh, the powder room, we thought there was an earthquake. Did you just think that was an earthquake? I thought it was an earthquake. Oh my god, Mother Nature! <laughs> and I was like, "She's mad." Wow, she loved this so film on point, uh, but it was just someone walking very, very <laughs> aggressively. I was, I was like, <gasps> "That's what someone at the office thought." I was. They thought there was an earthquake, and it was just me walking in heels. <laughs> well, you are a bigger woman. <laughs> <laughs> I think the same thing happened to to another person that was walking behind this other. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, our office, man. Uh, it shakes. It shakes. It's built on wheels. <laughs> it, the the movie turns into the Giving Tree allegory here. She just gives and gives and gives because she's Mother Nature. Yep. Um, the house is restored, and she wakes up in bed. But <gasps> plot twist: it's someone else that goes, babe. And then uh, credits roll. Yeah, the see, song plays. This is why the the girl we see at the beginning that's on fire, it's not Jen. I bet you that. If we went back, I bet you are absolutely right. Like, if we looked at the credits, it would yeah. be like, girl on fire in the beginning of film. Yeah. Really stupid, but I, I had such a headache after this that I kind of let the song play, and I had some water, and I was drinking. I just had a headache, and not like, not like a good, like... After you see Saving Private Ryan and you just have a headache because of like no, what, I was angry what people do to each that other. I and, sat through it. Yes. And all of a sudden the song stops playing and as if he couldn't piss me off anymore, all of a sudden you hear a lighter click. Did you stay around for this in the credits? Nope. And oh, I excited this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. A lighter clicks just because he's such a douche. Um <laughs> Actually, really, really not. There's a reason why a lot of people go to see his film sight unseen. Again, the fountain. I mean, yeah, this was terrible. So let's look at some what the critics said from Rotten Tomatoes. Mother is what happens when a dude has an idea he thinks is brilliant and no one checks him on it. <laughs> Dahalia Bakalzar. Wow, nailed She's it. She's a top critic for a reason. Um, Aronofsky wants mother, exclamation point, to have the intensity and inner logic of a sweaty nightmare, but it's a fake cinematic fever dream, the kind made by a director so self-conscious that he's always checking his own temperature. And that's Michael Sragov. Um, so this, he thought this guy thought the film was fresh. He said, when you eventually see this, you may hate it, but you can't say it isn't brilliant. What? Jordan Hoffman. I uh, I don't think it's real. No doubt. I thought the acting was phenomenal. I thought Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer were such a breath of fresh air and a lot okay, of fun. Wait, hold on, wait. Let's, let's talk about the acting. I struggled with Jennifer and Javier's performances. Oh, okay. I just struggled with hers in the beginning because it just felt like she was walking around in a nighty being followed by a camera. Um, but again, that's not her fault. There's a director there that can say, let's do another take. 
I just, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence, and here's the thing, I, uh, I really like her in other films, you know, like mm-hmm. Winner's Bone, Joy. I thought I thought those were really good. Yeah. Um, I just felt like in this film, her face was the same the entire time in terms of like, she's in pain, she's in shock, she's emotionless. And I, and I just felt like, okay, we get it. And it was like a long movie. Yeah. And so I got just sick of it. And then I just felt like Javier, I was like, why did you do this film? I keep yeah. thinking that the whole time. But Ed Harris and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I thought, were great additions to this film. And I think they kind of saved yeah. some of the elements. You know who else I thought was really good? The actor that played Kane. Yes. I was like, 100%. who are you? He really came in. And first of all, it's an absolutely ridiculous scene. These two guys are fighting. This family is having this fight in someone else's home. Yep. And I, I, it's an allegory. It's an allegory. Whatever. I, Let's just base it in realism. But he was really good. He was. And I thought that the fight choreography and how they moved throughout the house showed some real rehearsal, including the SWAT team later on. When those SWAT guys came in, I was like, you guys took some time to choreograph this. It looked good. Started to look like a video game. That's not their fault. That's the director's fault. It looked... And uh, the guy that... The, I guess the guy in the army or whatever who was trying to save Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he was great. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the house looked fantastic with all the bodies everywhere mm-hmm. and in the rubble. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, they really transformed this. And again, what's what I thought was really cool about how they filmed this was you never really feel like you've left. Mm-hmm. Like there's really not, like the cutting is so subtle. Yes. You're following Jennifer Lawrence's character the entire time. Right. And so to have the house slowly over the course of these two hours f- become a war zone, mm-hmm. I'm like, they had to literally do this so gradually and like rip it apart. You know, it just, it was really well filmed, yes. I think. Made by a competent director. I just think that that first reviewer said, no one checked him on this and he thought it was so. Brilliant. And there are elements that are brilliant. Absolutely. Again, the filming of it was fantastic. You know, the trailer for this film really made it seem like it was going to be a horror film. Yeah. Which you're you're grabbing that audience. Yeah. You know, and and they're reeled in. Aronofsky makes a horror film. I'd go see that still. Even with this, I'm not mad at it. I will continue seeing his films. Don't get me wrong. This, we all knew this was a bomb. Like, Look, it, yeah, this film should not have been made. It did not need to be made. Okay, it would have been awesome if it was a horror film. It would have been, and I, I just think, yeah, the writing was really weak, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the writing being weak, and some of the acting choices, or I don't know, directing at the beginning, kind of threw it off. Okay, so you and I have a rating system. Yes. Zero to four stars. It's a little unfair because I always ask you and I make you give your answer first. It is unfair. But that's how it, that's life, how is it unfair. <laughs> life is unfair. <laughs> so it's a lesson for you. That's- Life's not fair. <laughs> so will you give us your rating for this film? This film, I, I never want to see again. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is rough. I know. <laughs> We're... Reviewing these movies for a reason. Yes. I'm giving this... Oh, I don't oh, want to wow. say it. I don't want to say it. Do it. Um, say it. 
I your think, fear. I think I would give this two stars. Oh my God. Seriously? <laughs> Be- two star. What has happened to you? No, because I was going to give it one star okay. and I wasn't even going to go halvesies. Oh. But the reason why I decided on two is because I think this is a good film for like film students to watch in <laughs> caution. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Yeah, don't just put in symbolism for no reason. For no reason. You need a story. And it's, also, it's, it's it's a moving visual medium. You need to have a story. You do need to have a story. Also, hey guys, work on the screenplay. All right, like let it's again. No one read this. They were like, "We trust you, Aaron." Yes, that's why I said Aaron before because Aaron Aronofsky. Um, yes, but uh, Darren, sorry, but it's like, yep, we trust you. Go forth. You yes. write it. We'll be on set. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, oh, this is the line. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, so I think I give it two because I don't want, especially like film students or people who are interested in film, I don't want them to be deterred from watching this because I think it actually can show you what can go wrong at a high level. Yes, I know. And so it just, it's a cautionary tale. Yeah. And that's, that's why it gets two because I, I don't, the other films don't even bother. Mm-hmm. Right? Just... But this film, oh my God, mm-hmm. I keep thinking that's an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film, I really thought the filming was fantastic. Yes. I thought the set design was beautifully constructed. It was well thought out. Again, as you pointed out earlier, you can tell it was rehearsed. And I think that's really important. It shows attention to detail. And yeah, and I do think the acting performances by everyone else, essentially, mm-hmm. were good mm-hmm. with what they had to work with in terms of a script. The script was giving nothing. Mm-hmm. It was literally, it was so bland. It was as if a 18-year-old wrote this script. I can't believe Darren Aronofsky made it. That's, oh, that, I think that's, that's like, what? This is what he came up with? Um, right. You're like, when Black Swan. It would have been so cool if this had been a horror film and he wasn't so obsessed with, you know, this other stuff. Okay, my review. Yes, I was going to say. Incredibly painful. This will be the first time that I'm giving a movie zero stars. <sighs> Absolutely zero. Zero stars. The reason why, possibly, this could be a reason. While I was watching the film, there were 15 instances where this commercial popped up saying, do you like birth control? Well, here we've got one for you. But remember, it doesn't protect against HIV or other STDs. So that definitely threw a wrench in it, okay? I'm not going to lie. It was a very confusing viewing situation. We had very different experiences. Well, you stole, okay? I sat, I did my duty and sat through. Throw me under the bus a bit. I sat through through the commercials like a good consumer, okay? I am changing my birth control also, by Look, the way. I am fully I gotta prepared get this to have the FBI come after me, all right? I know I'm going to be fined at least $70,000. <laughs> um, Darren said something in my research for this film. He said, but this movie, I, it's an event. It happens to you. And it's this powerful thing. And to me, a movie that at the end of it, you're, you've got a headache, you, you're, you're emotionally exhausted. exhausted, that's Saving Private Ryan. That's Schindler's List. That's The Pianist. That's... Uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, my God. Right? Uh, are these all Spielberg movies? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I'll never forget seeing Saving Private Ryan. I had a huge headache after that. I stayed up practically till 3 in the morning. I can't... What we humans do to each other, yeah. you know? And he wanted that. He wanted this to be that. 
He wanted all of us to lose sleep going, what, what are we doing to the environment? What did, what did she mean? What did, what did this? He I wanted us to analyze it and pick it apart and see all the symbolism. And I just thought it was so obnoxious. It was so obnoxious. And then we get to a part in the film where we're watching a baby crowd surfing and then we're getting to the cannibalism aspect of it. And I felt like it was so unnecessary. God, the and, violence was really, it was really gruesome. And I had to fast forward because there's no reason for, I don't need to put myself through that when the film has already been so bad. Yeah. Why am I subjecting myself to this now? And I know it's not a real baby. And I know they weren't really, you know, but yeah. I didn't need it, yeah. you know? So zero stars. <laughs> did, did Darren Aronofsky go, I hope, years from now, someone will watch this film online and then another person will watch this film where it will be broken up into commercial breaks <laughs> where it's the same commercial <laughs> playing a birth control <laughs> that's not how I want them to watch my film. But oh well, that's what you got. <laughs> that's what you got. And also, yeah, it's watch on a little screen. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, though, I really, really like him. I like all of the actors in this film. Yeah, individually speaking, definitely. Again, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer killed it, Amazing. I thought. Um, but yeah, I, I do think this was a mistake. <laughs> done so many levels i I just i don't know god yeah that reviewer really just nailed it with no one checked on this everyone Mm. was like aaron wrote a script oh my god he wrote a script Mm -hmm. oh my god let's make it but you know what they've said that several times before and it was amazing so maybe this is just being a filmmaker in the big city oh i'd still love to see a horror but i think fantasy Mm-hmm. Oh, he yes, yes, absolutely right. He's you know, the- he's really. I think he has big picture mm-hmm. um, capabilities, and I think honestly, you know, when Dune was announced that it was going to be made into a film, like modern one, obviously not like you know. Um, I thought, wow, he could have actually been a really great choice too, mm-hmm. because he has that eye. Um, but yeah, this was just, I think, too small scale. And I, I think he couldn't contain it properly because it could have been really creepy if it was really contained, mm-hmm. but it got too big and then it was not, I, I wasn't in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, Juliet, I always love reviewing movies with you in the penthouse, <laughs> in the penthouse uh, powder room at the Plaza Hotel. I think we have to put this to bed. Yeah, folks, if you're a film student... Suffer through it. If you're not in that category, avoid, avoid. Don't do it. Do not (laughs) suffer through this unnecessarily. All right. Signing out. All right. Bye. Bye.